You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. We believe that today's message will help you thrive in your relationship with Jesus as you follow Him. We'll be back after the podcast with more information. And now, today's message from Pastor Nicole Kozlowski, right here at Passion Church. Introduce our guest speaker. <laughs> I know, I'm laying it on thick. She is the most incredible woman I know. She is beautiful. She is an incredible speaker. She is anointed. And you are going to be blessed today from our word from Pastor Nicole. I thought we were doing this together today. No, it's fine. It's good. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. I'm not going to keep you too long. Just so you know, because our power came on at 11 o'clock, I have no PowerPoint, and my message is on my phone. So, so we should be good, though. I'm at 29%. So <laughs> I will give this to Aaron if I have to run to the bathroom, because that happens a lot these days. Oh, okay. It's been it has been a wild week, hasn't it? But God is really good all the time. I am always amazed at his faithfulness. I'm always just in awe of how good he is despite all the curveballs thrown. We've had a lot of curveballs this week. I'll talk about one of them later, but let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that we get the privilege of being together in your house this morning. Lord, I thank you that we have the, the honor of being in your presence. Lord, I thank you for our worship team that has led us into your presence this morning. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that your spirit is the ruling and reigning tangible presence here in this place, here in each and every one of our hearts. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are, you are revealing truths to us this morning, Lord, individually and corporately as the body of Christ. Lord, I thank you that, that you're shifting perspective this morning, that you're giving us um, revelation knowledge in areas, divine strategies where we may need divine strategy. You're giving clarity, direction, and Lord, above all, we just want to love on you this morning. So as I, as I bring the word that you've put on my heart today, Lord, I thank you that we would just be enamored by your presence, enamored by your goodness. We would be, um, that you would speak through me and that you would minister to each heart this morning in a way that only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today's, the title of today's message, if you have a notebook, it's probably a good idea to take notes because we don't have a PowerPoint. But the title of today's message is Perspective. Okay, Perspective. Everyone say Perspective. Okay. There's a lot of different definitions that I've looked up on Perspective. And one of the ones that I'm going to share with you that I love the most is the appearance of objects or scenes as determined by their relative distance and positions. I'm going to say that again. The appearance of objects or scenes as determined by their relative distance and positions. So basically what this definition is saying is 
how you're, the appearance of, of a situation or a circumstance or in, in, if you're an artist, it's because there's a lot of definitions on perspective from an artist's point of view. Um, it's, it's the way that, a, that an object appears or a scene appears based on your distance, based on your position. And that one stuck out to me the most because we are living in a time unlike any other time. I don't know if you, Christine Kane, she's a really awesome, powerful speaker, and she, she posted something once a while back. She said, not too far back, but she said, I don't know about you, but I miss precedented times. <laughs> because, I mean, how often have we heard since March with everything going on, we're living in unprecedented times. We're living in unprecedented times. And she said, I don't know about you, but I miss precedented times. My, my daughter came up with this one. Um, I forgot it. <laughs> this is why we're not tag teaming. <laughs> no, we've been, practicing, we've been practicing social distancing for so long. When's the test? <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. She's got some good ones. But we're living in a time now more than ever where everyone has a perspective. If you haven't heard somebody's perspective on COVID or, or racism or the power being out, like there, was, there were workers in Wanakew that had to stop what they were doing because they were being threatened by, by, by people in a neighborhood who were upset that they were taking so long. So they had to stop what they were doing to file a police report. Okay, so there's, everyone has an opinion. Aaron has an awesome saying. Opinions are like noses. Everyone's got them and they've all got holes. Okay, so everyone has an opinion. Everyone has a perspective. And we're living in a time, as more than ever, I think a lot of it has to do with having social media, which does not connect us the way that we think it might, but, but having social media or wherever, just going to the grocery store and hearing someone's ob objective or their, their subjective opinion or view on what is going on in the world today. And so I have a few pictures because perspective, we're talking about um, perspective being how you view something based on your position based on your relative distance from that thing. So if we could show the first picture. Okay, so that one's funny. The guy on the left sees four logs. The guy on the right sees three, right? It's based on their relative distance to the logs. It's based on their, their position, right? We can go to the next one. I think everyone has seen this one before. Okay, so who, who wants to tell me what they see? Okay, you see an elderly woman. If you, do I have a pointer? I don't have a pointer, it's fine. Oh, how do I use it? Oh, like that. Okay, so some of you might see an elderly woman where this is her nose, and this is her mouth and her eyes, her hair. She's got some kind of cloth going on there. Now, that's not what I see. I see it if I look really really closely, but some of you, what else might you see? A younger woman, this is her hair, but this is her profile. And she's turned away, she's turned to the side. This is her ear, 
She's got some pretty head thing going on there and a nice fur coat. Okay, so it's perspective. It's how you view the object. It's how you view a situation based on your position, right? Um, funny story, when Noah was younger, I was doing, I homeschool, and I was doing a, it was an app, it was a sequencing, we were working on sequencing. And so I was, I had printed out this Apple cut and paste, you know, uh, sequence, and I have it up here. I found it again on the internet, and I have it. Somebody else is going to put that up for me, <laughs> please. Um, but there was an Apple sequencing worksheet that I had him do, and it was what comes first, what comes second, what comes third, right? So my mind was you have this big, beautiful apple tree, right? You pick an apple, you eat it, and then you're left with a core, and you throw away the core. So he does this worksheet. This was quite a few years ago. He does this worksheet, and it's not anything like what I would have done. And I first, my first instinct is, oh, buddy, really good try, but this is wrong. And I knew, okay, let me not tell him this is wrong. I want to hear his perspective. I want to know what it is that he sees. What he had put was uh, the apple first. You're eating the apple. You toss the core, and then the tree grows. The, the core gets planted into the ground, and then a tree grows. And when he explained it, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. But it was different perspective, right? Different perspective. There was no, in this case, there was no right or wrong answer, unless you put the eat an apple first, and then we need to talk. <laughs> but, <clears throat> um, but everyone has a specific point of view in understanding or judging things or events. Based on your relative distance and appearance, you have an opinion, you have a perspective, you have an outlook, right? <clears throat> I want to go, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 3 through 10 in the Amplified Version. So if you don't have the Amplified, you could just, you could just listen in. But Ephesians chapter 2, I love this in the Amplified among these unbelievers, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by the sinful self, <clears throat> indulging the desires of human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulses of the sinful mind. We were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. But God, being so very rich in mercy, because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us, even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us, and this is so important, right? We were dead in our sins. We were dead in our trespasses. And then what did he do? He made us spiritually alive together with Christ, for by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. And this is the part I want to get to. He raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in heavenly places. Where are we seated? What's our position? Come on. <laughs> heavenly, what's our position? Where are we seated? Heavenly places with Christ. That's right. You're not going to get an F if you're wrong. Because we are in, <laughs> because we are in Christ Jesus, and he did this so that in the ages to come, 
he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus by providing our, for our redemption. And, it, and we can stop there. It goes on. It's so good. But I wanted to focus on verse, um, it's hard to tell in what I copied and pasted, but he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in the heavenly places. Hmm? Verse 6, thank you. <laughs> he seated us together with him. So that's our position. If you are a believer, right, if you have accepted Jesus into your heart, you've given your life to him, you've given your heart to him, our position is seated in heavenly places with him. So our perspective, remember we said that my favorite definition of this word that I've found is the appearance of something based on our position, right, or based on our distance. So our perspective should be that of someone who is seated in heavenly places with Christ. Listen, I'm all for listening to where people are at. I'm all for hearing other people's perspectives. But I cannot take what I've heard and listen to, to you know, take what I've listened to and then apply it to my own perspective. I don't want everyone's el everyone else's perspective. I don't want my perspective <laughs> because I'm full of opinions too and my opinions have holes too. <laughs> and so it's really, really important, especially in the season we're in, I believe more than ever as followers of Jesus, that if our position is in heavenly places, our relative distance from all that's going on, not only in the world, but in our home, in our workplace, in our family, in our health, in our finances. We can have a perspective on everything. But our relative, our relative distance is, and our position is seated in heavenly places. So it's so important to continually check in and say, God, what do you see? What do you see with this virus that's going on? What do you see with, with the situation at work? What do you see in my marriage? What do you see in my children who have walked away from the Lord? What do you see? It's, it's so crucial to continually be checking in with him so that our perspective can line up with his perspective. Like I said, I'm, I'm all for, I love listening and hearing where people have come from because people have gone through things that I will never go through. We've, people have gone through things we will never understand, and that is so important. But then I need to align my heart with his and say, Lord, what are you saying in this situation? What are you speaking? What are you showing me in this situation? Amen? 34 weeks pregnant today, guys. So, <laughs> okay, therefore... <laughs> Aaron said, do you want a stool? I said, I think I might fall off, but it's fine. <laughs> Therefore, if you've been raised, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, in the Amplified again. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above, right? We're in this world. We are not of this world. And it can be so easy to forget that, right? Because we get caught up in the day-to-day. In the -day. We all do it. We get caught up in the daily things. But he says, Paul says in this, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, 
seated at the right hand of God, set your mind and keep focused habitually. Everyone say habitually. habitually. Keep your mind and keep, uh, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. For you died to this world, and your new real life is hidden with Christ and God. We need his perspective every time. Every time. I, so I, um, I'm a very glass half full person. Actually, sometimes Aaron will say three quarters. Like that's my, that, that is my nature. But there are times, there are seasons in my life, there are days, there are weeks, there are months in my life where I need to habitually remind myself to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, to keep my eyes, to keep my mind, to keep my focus set on things that are above and not beneath. It's not always, and you know what, I actually love those times more because it's not just about, like I hear a lot of people say, you gotta have a positive attitude or, or positive energy or good vibes. What is that? <laughs> okay, that's great, but to someone who knows, I'm sorry if I've offended you, but but it's not the word of God. It's not living and active and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. So having a glass half full mentality is great. And I'm pretty sure I survived because of it as a child. But I love the times where I have to, I don't love it in the moment because it stinks. Like, what kind of person would I be if I was like, I love those times where everything feels like it's crashing in on me. But I look back and I love those moments because I have pressed in to his perspective habitually, okay, continually. It has been work. It has been effort. But I've done it. And it's a whole lot different than just having a good attitude about everything. Because I've walked through a valley, I've gone through a storm, I've gone through deep waters, he's brought me through, and I have his perspective, and therefore I have his strength and fortitude to, sorry, am I walking too much? <laughs> therefore I have his, his strength and empowerment and wisdom that he's poured into me along the way, and I'm victorious. So I was going to do this story first, but I'm going to share something that happened this week first because I feel impressed too. Um, so we had a lot of curveballs thrown at us this week, and nothing that was supposed to be turned out the way it was. It was, it was <laughs> and it was all good. And but one of the <laughs> one of the curveballs, which now that was the beginning of the week. Looking back, I'm like that was nothing. Um, but I am obviously having a baby soon, and. I found out last week, the kids and I went to get our hair cut, and I found out the hairdresser was uh, telling me about her daughter-in-law who just had a baby, and it was like miraculous. I remember from the last time I was there in December, um, it was, they weren't sure if she was going to make it. She was very, you know, she was just pregnant, lots of fertility treatments, and so the first thing I asked her when I made the appointment was, how, how's your daughter-in-law? I had been praying for her this whole time. And she said, she just had a baby last week. And it was really awesome. But I'm sitting in the chair, and she's telling me, yeah, and you know, she had to wear a mask during, you know, she had that mask on during her C-section. I was like, what? 
She had a mask on during her C-section. And if you want to know my views on masks, you will have to ask me after, okay? But, but I had decided already that I am going to honor in that area, okay? I'm going to honor. In, <clears throat> I know that there are certain situations. My friend is a nurse at, a, at, an, at an ER, and she, because she was wearing her mask and someone with COVID spit in her face, she was okay. So, so um, but I do have other opinions on all of us needing to wear them, but, um, but I've chosen already to honor and actually had really in-depth conversations with people about how important it is to honor, right? Because masks have nothing to do with eternity, right? We wear one, we don't wear one, let's focus on the bigger picture. So she said, yeah, you're gonna have to wear a mask during delivery. I was like, oh, all right, I'll check with my doctor. I have an appointment on Tuesday. So I'm thinking, nah. Like, if you've ever given birth or, or have seen birth on TV, like someone having, you know, a mother in the hospital, you have to breathe, right? So, so I'm thinking, no, that might have just been maybe because she was high risk and, you know. So I go to the doctor's office on Tuesday and great checkup and hear his heart beat and he's doing really well and at the end uh, she said do you have any questions for me I said I do and I said do you do I have to wear a mask during delivery and she said yes she said you have to wear a mask it's required that you wear a mask during delivery and um don't do that to me so so I'm okay now guys so so (laughs) So she, so she said, you know, if you pull it down, nobody's going to really pull it back up. But she said, for our protection and for, um, you know, the baby's protection, you need to wear a mask. Your husband needs to wear a mask. That's fine if he has to. He doesn't have to breathe. So, so I said, but aren't you, aren't you giving me a rapid test? You know, because they said you're gonna, they're going to give me a rapid test, the quick COVID test before you. She said, yeah, but they're not always accurate. <laughs> but they're accurate when you want them to be. So, so, so I, I didn't say that, but I'm driving home and I am fuming. I'm like, I don't even know if she's ever had a child. Does she understand how do you breathe with a mask on? And I am, I am like ranting to myself and raving. And I just hear, see, I love the Lord because he's so fatherly, you know, like, He's very, very to the point and, and tells you like it is, but in such a loving, fatherly way. And so I'm literally, I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm like, I'm just going to take it off the second I walk in the room. They're not going to do anything. I'll just have Aaron catch. You know, like, it's just like, <laughs> I am so upset, right? So, and now, mind you, just a few days before, I had laid out for, for, uh, uh, I was in a group discussion, laid out like all the reasons why it's so important to honor. You know, how Jesus laid down his life. And so, you know, and that wasn't fair. So we can, we can walk this out. You know, even, even, you know, me wearing my mask could be helping someone take off their spiritual mask, you know, because it lets down all the, the walls of defense and all out the window on my drive home. So <laughs> I'm driving and I hear the Lord say, Nicole, it was really easy for you to honor when it was convenient, wasn't it? Yup. 
And I wanted to say, God, have you ever had to give birth? I don't think so. So, so I didn't say that, but I thought it. So, <laughs> yeah, he is. That's right. Well, there's nothing we've gone through that he's unacquainted with, right? So everything that I had just preached via text, everything that I had just preached, now I had to walk out. And it was really, really easy for me to let my own perspective in, right? Really easy for me to get fuming mad because it didn't seem fair. It didn't seem right. What was I doing? My position, I had stepped down from my position and and my distance from the situation, taken it personally, and it completely skewed my perspective. So I repented a lot for all the nasty things I said about the doctor in the car. Not the doctor. She was really nice. She said, I'm not going to make you keep it on. You know, you can pull it down if you need to. But we're, we're, if we're seated in heavenly places, we need to have his perspective. We need to see the way that he sees. I need to see my spouse the way he sees my spouse. I <laughs> I need to see my children the way he sees my children. I need to see my neighbors the way he sees my neighbors. I need to see situations the way that he does. I need his wisdom, his, his, his supernatural wisdom and discernment and clarity and direction because I cannot, we cannot survive in this world as followers of Jesus if we're not choosing to keep his perspective. We're going to be tossed all over the place unless we stand firm. And so for me, that was an area that I had to habitually, right, because that was not a glass half full moment for me. That was like I'm out of water and I'm in the desert moment for me, right? But in that moment when he spoke to my heart and he began the rest of the way home, he just began to remind me of the importance of, of inconvenience and how when we're willing to be inconvenienced, and that, that's when, you know, divine appointments God can bring in. You know, with me wearing my mask, I can still minister to those doctors and nurses, right? I'm so grateful for them if you're watching. Thank you. <laughs> um, but... But in those moments, in, that, in that, the rest of that car ride home, he just loved on me, corrected me, reminded me of what I had preached <laughs> just a few days before, and it shifted my thinking. I repented. I said, God, forgive me. I, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's this, this piece of cloth or paper is not going to prevent me from having a wonderful birth. It's not going to prevent me or my child from being healthy. It's not going to prevent me from breathing. I might poke holes in it. But it's not going to prevent me from being able to breathe, right? He reminded me that honor is important even when it's inconvenient. What was that? That was a shift in thinking. I want to read to you. Is there water? Thank you. I want to read to you. Um, John chapter, uh, yeah, John chapter 6. Jesus looked at, oh, after this, Jesus went to, thank you, hold on. Okay, 
Jesus, um, after this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, or Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd was following him because they had seen the signs attesting miracles, which he continually performed on those who were sick. And Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down there with his disciples. Jesus looked up and saw that a large crowd was coming toward him. And he said to Philip, where will we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, I just want to stop there for a second because Jesus never sought out crowds. They followed him, right? When, and his perspective was always the Father's perspective, always. When our perspective is that of one being seated in the heavenly places, multitudes will be drawn to us because of the Jesus they see in us. And it's not, you know, we don't have to go out and search out people. It's multitudes will be drawn to us. He would spend all night with his father. He would pour out and pour out and pour out all day and then spend all night with his father because he needed his father's perspective. Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down there with his disciples. Jesus looked up and saw that a large crowd was coming toward him. And he said to Philip, where will we buy bread for these people to eat? But he said this to test Philip because he knew what he was about to do. Philip answered, 200 denarii, which is 200 days wages, which is two-thirds, three-quarters. Don't test me, it's summer. It was two, about 200 days wages. Worth of bread is not enough for each one to receive even a little. What was that? That was his perspective. That was his how things appeared because his, his distance to the situation was a little too close. He said, 200 days worth of work isn't going to pay for enough bread. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many people? Again, his perspective was that of in the here and now, this is what I see in the natural, it can't possibly work. This is all I have. It can't possibly be enough, right? But I wonder, it doesn't say this, but I wonder if the little boy looked at his lunch and said, I've got enough. I mean, they didn't go take it from him. They didn't say, give me your lunch. Because they didn't even believe that his lunch was enough to feed the multitude. But I wonder... If he looked down and he said, that'll do. Perspective, right? <clears throat> Jesus said, have the people sit down to eat. Now the ground there was covered with an abundance of grass. We know from, we know from Eric's offering illustration a few weeks ago, which, by the way, was my kids' favorite ever. They said, no offense to us, but that was their favorite, <laughs> which was my favorite, too. It was amazing. But we know there were a lot of people, right? What did you say, Eric? Like, probably about 10,000? Probably about 10,000 people. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. The same also with the fish, as much as they wanted. When they had eaten enough, he said to his disciples, Gather up the leftover pieces so that nothing will be lost. So this little boy's basket with his two loaves and his five fish, and they were, it was enough for about 10,000 people. And there were 12 large baskets with pieces from the five barley loaves, sorry, five loaves, two fish, five barley loaves, which are left over by those who had eaten. 
When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began saying, this is without a doubt the promised prophet who's to come into the world. <laughs> Perspective. I want to park there for a second because I just want to speak to even finances, okay? Perspective. God's perspective is, or the world's perspective is, or our own personal viewpoint could be, I don't have enough. This isn't going to do anything. Heavenly perspective, which was this little boy's perspective, I truly believe, and obviously Jesus' perspective was, well, what have I got to lose? This is definitely enough. What am I going to do holding on to it? Let me just give it. Right? <laughs> I believe that God wants us to know that in a lot of areas in our lives, but particularly even now in the state of where our economy might be at or where you might be at with a job or lack of job or whatever it may be, it's, not, it's really time to, to press into his perspective what does God see? What, do, what is God saying? And what do we know from his word that we can actually walk out, right? Because he doesn't say just be a hearer of the word. He says be a doer of the word. That little boy gave what he had. He said, I have, I've got enough. Here you go. I don't know what you can do this, with this, but I believe you can do something. And how many of us today need to say, God... I don't know what you can do with my marriage, but I believe you can do something. I don't know what you can do with my finances, but here's what I have. I believe you can do something. I don't know what you could do with my job situation, but I believe you can, you can do the miraculous. God, I don't know, you know, the doctors are saying this. I don't know what you can do, but here, I give you my body. You, you've already paid the price. You took it. I don't have it anymore. It's perspective. I love one of my favorite verses. We're going to close in a minute. Did you have an, if you want to share anything? No, I don't have to go to the bathroom, but just giving you the opportunity. Okay. <laughs> I love 2 Corinthians 4. You know, you're also such family to me. I forget sometimes that I'm also blasting this information over the, over the internet. But <laughs> it's okay. So second, second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven through nine. And this is the Passion translation. But I love this passage in any translation. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within. I just want you to, that to sink in for a second. You are like a common clay jar. Picture, let's just close our eyes for a minute. Object illustration, okay. <laughs> You're like a common, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within. And I just want you to picture the most sparkling, golden, beautiful, glorious, majestic treasure that is Jesus Christ, and you are housing him. <laughs> you are housing him. How awesome is that? Oh, we could just stay there all day. Thank you, Jesus. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within, and that will shift your perspective. I don't have anything to give. Wait. 
I'm carrying this glorious treasure within. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. Whoa, that changes your, that definitely shifts your thinking. So that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not yours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed, right? I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. I don't know what to do, but I know I'm not going to quit. We're persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. Another version says, I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm struck down. (laughs) I wasn't really trying to be struck down. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. What is that? That's a shift in thinking. It's not denying that everything in your life might be flipped upside down right now, but it's saying that's what it looks like, right? This is what my situation looks like, but this is who God is. And this is what I choose to stand firmly on. What he says about me, what he says about the situation in my life, what he says about the situation in our, in our community, what he says about the situation in this nation, what he says about the situation in the world. I heard Bill Johnson say recently, I was listening to one of his messages, and he said, you know, debates have never really gotten me anywhere. <laughs> not that we're not supposed to speak truth into people's lives because we are called to speak truth. We're not called to be, and on that note, let me say, we're not called to be peacekeepers. We're called to be peacemakers. There's a big difference. Keeping peace means I'm going to let all this go on in my life because I just want to keep peace. I'm going to stay in an abusive situation because I want to keep peace. No, that's, that's not what Jesus is saying. We're called to be peacemakers to bring the peace of God that passes understanding to a situation and watch it change. But he said, uh, debates haven't really done anything to me. for me. He said, what I've noticed has made them, had the most lasting effect in people's lives is when I choose to love them through what they're going through and speak truth into their lives and pray behind the scenes fervently. <laughs> pray fervently and we 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 need to pray before we choose to believe someone's opinion even our own in the car that day I was very ready to believe my own opinion about what should take place the day I have this child (laughs) right but before we do that we need to stop and say God what do you see you know that Christmas carol do you see what I see I feel like like he's with us each and every moment of the day saying, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I'm trying to speak to you? His voice has got to drown out every other voice. Amen? Amen. We have, we are able to see from being seated in heavenly places, right? We are able to see something for what it is because our position is being seated with him in heavenly places. Jesus lived his entire life on earth during Roman occupation. And it never stopped him. I I think that's important in this moment. You know what will stop us? Offense. 
if we're so busy being offended at the local municipalities or governor or whoever else, you know what? That is going to cripple your ability to move in faith much more than um, just following God through the maze. You know, think about when, when all the, the Pharisees and everyone came to Jesus uh, to throw him over a cliff. It didn't stop him. He just walked right through unscathed. And, and I just want, you know, you were talking about our perspective and our distance, that our distance needs to be from heaven's perspective, not from our earthly perspective. And Jesus could have very easily got all up in a tizzy about how, oh, I can't believe, oh, these Romans, oh, they don't let me do anything. He was not affected. He just went on. He did what he needed to do, and he did it with power. People can't stop you. Not when you're walking in the anointing, and you're walking. You know what? You can stop yourself, though. If your perspective is, my, is our own, like, like Nicole was talking about, that with the mask, without the mask, I don't think God is upset. I think he's looking for eternal outcomes, not momentary conveniences. Roman occupation didn't stop Jesus. You know what? Nothing can stop us either. From heaven's perspective, a momentary inconvenience will not stop eternal outcomes unless you let it. Unless you let it. We're going to close. Our perspective is so crucial. Period. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. Jesus, we ask forgiveness. Lord, we ask forgiveness for every time where we have gotten so offended because of our perspective instead of seeing from our true place seated in heavenly places. Lord, when family members have offended us, Lord, because we've been viewing the situation from our own point of view and not from heavens. Forgive us. Lord, when our, we've become offended with our spouse because we've been inconvenienced or viewing things from our point of view instead of heaven's perspective. Lord, forgive us when we've gotten thrown into the arguments of social media because we've been so defending our perspective instead of defending heaven's point of view. God, I thank you. Lord, every time we've ever been offended, it's because we've been too close to the situation and we've only seen from our earthly point of view instead of heaven's point of view. God, forgive us. Lord, we pick up your glasses today. We pick up heaven's perspective 
and we put it on. Just, just place your hand over your eyes as, a, as an act of faith. These eyes see from heaven's perspective. We are seated in heavenly places. Lord, we thank you that we do not see others' actions as stumbling blocks. Instead, we see their need for you and we find a way in. We find a road. We find an opportunity to speak about forgiveness, to demonstrate forgiveness, to show your forgiveness instead of getting stuck in what they've done. Lord, we thank you for heaven's perspective. God, I thank you. You have forgiven us. And Lord, we in turn forgive others. Lord, and we ask forgiveness for every time we've been offended because we've been too close we haven't been far enough back gazing from your point of view. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Amazing word, honey. Thank you so much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your week. Please remember as you're getting up, if you have taken off your mask, Make sure you wear it as you uh, walk around the sanctuary or out of the building. Uh, God bless you. God keep you. Remember, Wednesday night is worship night. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Make sure you uh, reserve a seat online, passionchurches.com. Right on the homepage, there's a place for you to do that. And then Saturday is Kids Church, and we'll be right back here Sunday morning. Yes. I just want to encourage you to let's be praying specifically this week for our state, for New Jersey, for our governor, for government officials, for the mayor of your town. Let's really be, you know, I've never, New York, that's right, tri-state area. Let's just tri-state, actually the whole country if the Lord puts it on your heart because we all need it. But um, but I've never, I remember when we first, and I just felt like this was for someone, when we first got married and I was really offended with someone and Aaron said something to me that completely revolutionized the way I, my perspective. And he said, I've never stayed offended at someone if I've been praying for them. And not like, God, fix them because they're morons. Like, you know, not that kind of prayer, guys, okay? You might be a little too close and not quite heavenly perspective. Yeah, but, but to truly bless our governor, bless our government officials, the governors of the state, bless, um, bless our, bless every, you know, we're not in their shoes. So it's really important for us to really be interceding and praying for them and asking the Lord to give us his heart for those that are making, needing to make decisions. And you know, to trust that the government will rest upon his shoulders ultimately. So, you know, we, I believe that the Lord is bringing in in this year, uh, putting, keeping and putting in the right people in each state, in the, over the country, over, you know, so let's really, really focus on praying and blessing our governors and, and government officials, mayors, um, and the president. And, and just because the wrong person's in the office doesn't mean that God can't turn their hearts. But if you're too offended to pray for them, God's got nothing to work with. So if we intercede, God can do anything if we pray. Amen. God bless. We'll see you on Wednesday.